Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You heard the man. Slow down. This is uh, the mystery of parenthood, and um, we're happy you're here and listening. And um, we'll begin, as we always do, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, please pray for us. Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, it's me and uh, Thaddeus once again. Hope you all are doing Riding well. Riding shotgun. Riding shotgun. He's uh, my wingman, I guess. But oh, uh, I, I, I'm honored to be no, called your yeah, wingman. No, no. I cannot really Maybe fill he, the he's shoes probably, he's of probably the pilot. Stephanie. No, and we wish uh, we're going to get her back in here once things settle down a little bit. I think that's probably part of what is leading to what we're, uh, you know, I'd like to talk about today. Um, because of several conversations, I think that also um, – I don't know if Lent is is the cause, but sometimes you can get, I don't know, it just struggle seems to be the word that, that keeps coming to mind, that, that, that life is and has been a struggle, um, whether it's because of illness or because of COVID or because of busted pipes or whatever, whatever may um, have occurred. It seems like... Family obligations. Family obligations. Family difficulties. It, it seems like... It seems like the last, you know, uh, year and a half. I mean, well, I guess right at a year um, has been probably one of the more difficult um, times for people, you know, our age that we've experienced. Certainly, there have been more difficult times, but um, mm-hmm. but I think this is uh, so all-encompassing that it seems to be something that's coming up. I mean, I've you know have talk to multiple people who've had people die, the sadness that comes with that, um, difficulties with, like I said, family obligations and just things that that have come up that none of us would have certainly wished for um, and probably none of us would have expected. It was not uh, something that would have been predictable. And so it's not something that we could plan for. So what do we do as Christians? What do we do as parents that are dealing with children various ages that are living in in a world where most everybody you see you can't see a smile when they smile mm-hmm. um, and can't always understand what people are saying or how they're feeling and, and even at that you know you have to ask permission for for a hug or do you handshake or whatever I mean things that we just took for granted I mean I was telling somebody yesterday that um that it's been hard for me to break the handshake thing because my mother grilled that into us. I mean, grilled and drilled it into us. I mean, that's just what you do. It's taken me so long to not, I still do it, but trying to read other people. So there's a whole nother level of, I think, suffering that's come in little ways, certainly big ways, but, but even little ways that we may or may not really recognize um, as struggles. Because to shake somebody's hand or to hug somebody 
um, when they're upset or, you know, we're not meant to be six feet apart. Yep. Um, yep. that's not the way we're built. And, um, so it's kind of, it's kind of come up that uh, today I was with somebody and we were talking and it kind of hit me, um, some struggles that I've, that, that my, me and my family have gone through are not different than others. And, and to be honest, are really minor in comparison with, with a lot of other ones out there. But I think in terms of, you know, how do you deal with the division that seems to be rampant out there? Uh, not just division and differing views, but division in that you can't even sit next to certain people and, and that you're not supposed to be close to them. I mean, that, that, that that's a more, bodily expression of division you you know even in the church you're used to being all together or you know i look at old football games and i'm like i can't wait till we're like all <laughs> crammed next to each other you know right and um anyway and and it's just it's been like i said a struggle um for for me you know to stay positive i guess you know I mean, I don't know if anybody else out there's <laughs> experienced some of that, but we as Christians should be um, the most joyful. Uh, we, I mean, I'm pointing at myself. I mean, we we should be the ones that can see the silver lining in the in the cross. You know, that that, that recognize this as something that will pass, um, but seems to have lingered on much longer than any of us would have wanted or hoped. I can remember, you know, it's silly to even think, but, you know, back in, in April thinking, okay, we're going to get the soccer season in April, you know? 20, 2020, <laughs> April, April of 2020, you know, not having any idea where this was all headed. Um, and it just seems like we've just been along for this ride. I mean, kind of just responding to, to that. And so I think there's just a, the lack of being able to plan, lack of feeling like you're in control, lack of, lack of knowing what next week's going to look like or the week after. Um, it, it's just, it's one of those things that I think it, it takes its toll on everybody um, mentally. So for all those people who are listening, um, I want this to be something that, you know, you may be listening to a therapy session for me, but, <laughs> but, but, Self -therapy. I, but, you need, but, you, but, but I do think that uh, hopefully by example and not, not just by, by the way, I'm going to try to walk through this, this, that, that you at least see how I will try to deal with it. Uh, and, and then maybe, maybe we can, um, maybe some people can glean something from it. Um, for that. But as I was sitting there, just as this started, the, the, ver the verse, so struggles, the, the issue, we're, we're going through multiple struggles in, in family life, at work, lack of work, financial issues. I mean, COVID masks, what's next year going to look like? Just so many things that we don't know what's going to happen. Even with the governor saying, he's removing the mask thing. You, there's even a level of stress that I hear. Governor right? of Texas. The governor of Texas. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're broadcasting from Texas. Yeah, the governor of Texas, um, you know, saying that next Wednesday, I mean, this would be like the day after the show airs, that um, it would no longer be a state mandate. I still hear in my kids and even in other people, that's an added stressor because – are we supposed to wear masks or not? And somebody's going to have to make a decision. Well, you need to wear a mask here or, you know, the diocese is trying to, to, to make decisions. Texas A&M is trying to make decisions. And so it, even that has led to some, you know, further angst, like, okay, it's been released, but does that mean that we'll actually not have to wear a mask or, or what? So, I mean, it just seems like it's just adding to the, unpredictability of it. And so as, as Christians, one of the things I have to remind myself of, and I think that we have to remind ourselves of is as unpredictable it is for us, as uncontrollable as it is for us, that we 
recognize that none of this is a surprise to God. None of this is, and he is in control. And that, that, that struggle inside to cope with, I don't have control, is something that has to be given in faith to God, to, to just say, I, I trust you and respond because we want to know what it's going to be like next week or the week after or a month from now. And that's not there. And I don't think in my 56 years that I've ever gone through this long a stretch of not knowing, you know, and the reality is we never know. Right. I mean, we, 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 there's an illusion, I think, that we know. Um, we were talking, uh, unfortunately, and I, I pray for this girl, I can't remember her name, but a good friend of, of my daughter and, and one of sons, two of the triplets, was in a, was in a head-on collision with, a, with a, um, an 18-wheeler a couple days ago. I think it was Monday. And so she's in, she's obviously in ICU um, there. And so what Kingsley was saying is you don't, you don't know. I mean, it, it, even for a young, for a young, for 19 year old, 20 year old, that's something you don't expect. Um, but her, hers, it's kind of been a realization that's come up. Like you just, you don't know what tomorrow holds. So maybe there's a blessing in that because the reality is we don't. My mom used to always say, you don't know when your last breath is going to be. You don't know that, but you do know that God is there and he's in control. Um, even, even when we are more aware of our lack of control. And so I, I don't know. I was, I was looking at this, this verse, which the verse that, um, popped in my head just as we were starting, which had not been anything was, was the, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, and so our strength lies in, in God. And so a whole section of the Bible had come into my head, um, as I was thinking through, well, what am I struggling through and how would I handle it? And Ephesians 610 came to mind, which used to be one. I used to memorize that. There was actually a prayer, which I don't even know where it is. I'd like to find it. But I think that um, it can be these verses, I think, at least for me, would be ones that I'm going to try to go back and, and read through and kind of dig into some. But maybe we'll do that here here today. Um, and so those are Ephesians 6, 10 through, you know, say, we'll, we'll say through 18. Maybe we'll go to 20, but, but I think that the way to um, handle doubt is to trust in faith. The way to handle in fear is to trust. I mean, um, fear, again, stems from doubt or impending things that we don't know are going to happen, but they could happen. And again, that calls us to to trust and to gain our strength from the source of our being um god himself and so we'll just start with with this but i think this these verses for me are ones that i want to want to walk through and 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 pray that the holy spirit would lead us so that we can kind of strengthen each other and 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 read it so i'll i will um let me just read the whole thing, and then and then we'll come back and, and start. So here's what St. Paul says. Um, also, I think he also points out something, which is this fear and this division. We have to recognize for what it is. It's a spiritual battle. It's not just the battle with the day-to-day. So right. you can hear him say this here. So I'm going to read it through. Finally, he says, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending with against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the dark, against the world rulers of this of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness 
and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, take the shield of faith, with which you can quench the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To, it, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that the utterance may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in, change, in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that's actually 10 through 20. But when you, when you get the gist, you get, you get something that we have to remind ourselves of, that this is more than just what we see. Um, there are battles going on um, behind the scenes. And in speaking of like the mystery of parenthood, we've always said, you know, we're meant to be a visible sign, but of what invisible realities. And in this day and age where science seems to become, have become the God, science is great. The church loves science. (laughs) So it's not saying that, but, but in the things that are material that we can, that we can see and touch and measure and smell and all those type of things are real and they do exist. They are not the whole story though. And COVID the coronavirus is not the whole story. And so I want to go back through this and talk about how um, this is. And so it begins with what I'm feeling I need right now, which is strength. So where is my strength? It's not, it's not where we want it to be, which is in our pocketbook or in our um, house or in whatever it is that we our position or whatever it's instead our strength is in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It's not our might that's meant to fight this battle. Thank God. Because because if you can hear it in my voice, I mean, it's been, it's, it's a struggle going on today. And I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty out there listening that, that it's the same, that's the same, that there's a wearing down. There's a, Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've felt that, but but I'm here to confess that I have. Um, and I like to think that I'm strong, and I like to think that I'm, you know, a man in the best sense of the term. Um, and I know my, my wife is strong, but, but these things that are going on are done, and so we need to find our strength in, in God, that that's where our strength lies. So how do we do that? First off, we've got to remind ourselves that we need him. So where Absolutely. do we, I mean, where do we find that? So are, are we, to the extent that it's possible, getting to Mass? Are we reading the Bible every day? Are we frequenting the sacraments as hard as it is? It was great the other day to come here to St. Mary's and walk in. I, th- I don't remember. I think I was maybe coming to do a show here with you, and, and the line for confession was... I mean, it was out the back, and I couldn't even see the end of the line when I walked in. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It, it is awesome, and you know, I'm convicted. I need I need to get to confession. It's been it's been a, coming up on a couple months, um, which is not good. But it's that I need to find my strength in the Lord and trust that He's the one that's going to carry me out. You know, the, one of the one of my favorite kind of images is I don't know if I haven't seen them recently but the it's a picture of some footsteps in the sand and 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 it basically is saying you know where were you Lord during these times you know there's you're walking with me and then there's times when it looks like I'm by myself and and Jesus basically says no that's when I was carrying you mm-hmm. <laughs> those are my feet um, and and I f- feel like that's where I am. I mean, I need to um, surrender that. And I think to the extent that you can, I mean, you may not share that with a, with a young person, but to be open enough, open up enough to somebody, particularly if they're, if they're struggling with, um, with what's going on uh, to acknowledge that you are 
weak <laughs> and that you're not, you're not all there. Um, we want the thorn to be taken. You know, St. Paul also, you know, talks about the fact that, you know, he begged that he begged that God would take away something that he was going through, the thorn in his flesh. We don't know exactly what, what it was, but God says, you know, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Um, and so that's why Paul can say rejoice in your sufferings. I would, you know, we, it's not what we like to hear. It's not even like what we like to experience. We like to be, I mean, I do. I like to know where the next thing's coming from and what, what, what I can plan for. And I think sometimes we can find in the blessing of knowing I can't handle this. I mean, this is beyond my strength. And so to find strength in him. So again, frequenting the sacraments is something that we should get back to praying. Lent's perfect for that. Um, Also, I mean, if you're talking about Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, um, almsgiving reminds us often, particularly if you can find somebody that needs help, and there's plenty of them out there to go out there to remind yourself, there are plenty of other people suffering, certainly for me, and I imagine for most, there, there are people out there suffering and are in way worse circumstances than, than, uh, me, in fact, mm-hmm. I got, was convicted. I can't remember mm-hmm. who said it, but I was I was griping, which I'm, you know, ashamed to say, but I was griping about all the money that we're having to spend to redo a bathroom because of the problem that had happened. And the guy looked at me and said, well, Trey, I mean, you have the money to pay for it. I mean, what about the people that have that happen and they can't even get it fixed? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need a friend <laughs> to make you recognize or or to reach out when things aren't going well to serve others to remind you that um, that it may not be quite as bad as you think it is. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Every time I've tried to, you know, close in on myself, you know, kind of gather all my stuff and say I'm – I'm in control of this and, and somebody else calls to, to that needs some help and to not go because, you know, I've got to look out after my own. Um, that's when the struggle gets harder. Um, when you, when you're trying to do it yourself, yeah, um, yeah. to open up and, and to be willing. So Lent calls on us to, um, sacrifice, to give for others. And I think this is a time that we can glean from that. That's part of relying on the Lord. And knowing that he's his, it's his strength that's going to get us through this. So anyway, yeah, that's a good point about uh, giving ourselves away to others because that's also a uh, an opposite of the the division that you were you were talking about. It's it's an antidote to that uh, division we may be right, feeling think- in various ways in our lives is um, when we give ourselves away to to other people in uh, in need. And 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 the and. Uh, you, as you were saying that, thinking about, you know, there's so much animosity now kind of in the political realm and in, in the environment and even among Catholics for our, our some of us for our, for our president, you know, instead of lashing out or calling that what we should be doing. And I'm pointing at myself. This is not a is not a pre, is is pray for those um, that are not following um the church's teaching and not going because they're in the struggle as well and that is a breach that is something that um bridges the gap i think instead of looking at that person as the enemy look them as as somebody that is a brother that that's in need of something and so we reach across that I mean, while we were yet slinders, Christ died for us. So the lesson, if we're going to follow Jesus, is the answer for the sinner is not to put them off like the lepers and, and put them out there and point and have them say they're unclean. The, the answer for us as Christians is, is instead to bridge the gap, to give, give yourself. So come from heaven. He came from, from, from heaven to us sinners 
and lived among us and died for us. And that's not easy, and it's certainly not the natural human way, but I think as parents and as brothers and sisters in Christ, this is now, and particularly during Lent, to get the habit of, is there somebody out there I can pray for? Is there somebody out there that may need a meal or some money or something and be looking for that to reach out to somebody, to give yourself away? That's where the strength is, which is counterintuitive, I think, in a lot of cases. I mean, it's not, it kind of runs against the, the standard of the uh, culture. So, um, anyway, I love this, this idea. So putting on the whole armor of God calls to mind, and I try to remind this of my, to my, to my kids, you know, this Christian thing is a battle. There's a war going on. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, this is not for the, as my dad would say, the namby pambies, you know, it's, it's for the, it's a real battle. And I think that we don't often recognize that that battle is not between the Republicans and the Democrats or the Catholics and the Protestants and the Muslims. It's, it it is a much more um, central, it's at a spiritual level that this battle is being fought. And that's what he reminds us here multiple times because he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So it's stand, not just to curl up in a corner, but to get up. I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm ready for this. It's not a passiveness. It's a, I'm standing. And then he goes on and, you know, that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. And he reminds us something we have to remind ourselves constantly we're not contending against flesh and blood. So it's not the guy sitting across from you (laughs) or the guy on the other side of the aisle uh, or the atheist or any of those, you know, that person that you disagree with, it's the problem. We're contending against principalities and powers against the world rulers of this present darkness against the spiritual hosts. And again, I always love to tell, you know, uh, there's a song that, um, that, that word host comes up. You know what a host is? A host is like a battalion. It's an army term. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. That's the, right. The hosts are the angelic. The, hosts. the angelic hosts are the ones that are standing ready to to battle for us, and that are battling currently. And so, I love as a as a father, particularly of of um, of boys. <laughs> That's why I love like a, a St. Michael, the archangel, not only the prayer, defend us in battle. St. Michael, That's right. the archangel, defend us in battle. Right. So to say this is a battle. So how's that battle fought? Well, it's fought by going to the general and saying, what are my marching orders? How do you do that? You read the Bible. It's going to him for, for your, uh, your ration, so to speak, your daily bread. It's to, it's to get the mass and receive what he's giving to you. And, that's how the battle's fought. It's not fought in the same way that politicians fight. It's not fought in the same way that that um, military battles are fought with guns and cannons and whatever else. It's fought instead at a spiritual level. And that spiritual level is trusting that instead of pointing the finger at somebody and 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 being angry, it's bridging the gap by praying for them, reaching out to them in their in their struggles, uh, even if they are a perceived as an enemy or somebody that, that that you're against. I think that we have to call on on that and recognize that that's the way God fights. We fought. We, our God, our God won the battle against sin and death by doing something that was completely counter to what anybody else did. He he experienced death the uh payment of or the reimbursement for what sin it's what what sin leads to even though he was sinless so he's showing us that the battle is not fought that this way and that's what i think he's saying here what saint paul is saying here is that we have to remind ourselves remind our children that whenever we start feeding into that division, you know, feeding into the 
the animosity, which look, I do that. I, I unfortunately do it all the time. I mean, especially I'll get cynical when I'll see something or and make sarcastic fun of the confessions of a, of a Catholic old dad. <laughs> but I know as soon as I say it, which is why I need to get confession, right? I mean, that, that it's not the Christian way. The Christian way is instead to look out there and say, that person's in need of someone like me, at least of my prayers. So we're going to fight against those and recognize that. But part of that flows from, again, which we've talked about many times on this thing, is we in our Catholic families have to make sure our children know that there is an invisible world that's, that's more real than what we see, taste, touch, and feel here. And we do that by acknowledging our guardian angels, by praying as a family. We, we do it in those ways so that we can remind ourselves, but we can get in the habit of just doing it. Sometimes we need to make sure that we're pointing out what he points out here, that this is a battle that's going on that is happening at an invisible level. I think another aspect of that to, to maybe keep in mind is the fact that he says we're not contending against flesh and blood. Um, we can also take that as a reminder that we are contending against bad ideas. Oh yeah. We're contending against bad philosophy. Yes. Uh, bad That's spiritual powers. We're not contending against the person who's sitting across the table from us or, or in the, you know, in the media um, story. Right. It's, it's about, it may be, it's the ideas that that person is promoting, spouting, believes in. Um, right. It's maybe, it's bad actions that they have taken or bad actions that they're promoting. But tr- maybe that's a, maybe that's a fine I think you know, it's a difference. Or maybe it's a distinction without a difference. But I think trying to reiterate that, trying to speak in those terms of saying, I'm taking issue with this idea that you hold and let's talk about and that and that's what I want to speak about and getting away from ad hominem attacks getting away yes. from um focusing on the the person so much and that's what that's I think that's I a, think that's there too uh, I think it's outstanding I thought that is dead on I think because in this day and age one of the problems that we have is this is this relativism that's there, which, which, you know, means instead of there's a truth, it's my truth versus your truth, which closely links the person to what they believe. It it makes it almost impossible to not make it about the person. Exactly. And, and that is what he's saying. I think you're exactly right that we as Catholics, that's another point that really is important. Thank you. It's dead on that we have to remember it's the it's the ideas it's the philosophies and don't fall in the trap which they do which is being promoted not they we as a culture have embraced something that somehow if i disagree with you then i'm attacking you mm-hmm. that was never the that's a that's a relatively for pun pun intended <laughs> <laughs> it's a relatively new idea right yeah. i mean I, I mean you're the historian but i don't i don't think that normally there were plenty of times for centuries that people could sit and have the exact opposite in terms of what they believe but they could argue recognizing that it's not you that i'm that i'm attacking it's the idea that you're promoting and this relativism that says well, what I believe is what I believe, and that's fine. Even if it's totally contrary to what you are, therefore it's linking the the idea with the person so closely that if you disagree or you say that's bad, then then people are receiving it as you're bad. Mm-hmm. And that that can I, I mean as we're talking about this, I think that's that is really critical to do it because that's also how we can pray for somebody. Mm-hmm. If we recognize it's not the flesh and blood, it's it's the ideas that we can pray for somebody saying we want that person to go to heaven, mm-hmm. and they're not e- that they're, that person is not evil. What they're holding to is evil, right? And that it's not that they're embracing the thoughts of the 
invisible powers that are putting them out there. Right. That's a great point, Thaddeus. So maybe you're the maybe you're the uh, <laughs> Thanks, you're <Trey>. the pilot. <laughs> I'll be your wingman. Oh, uh, stop. But uh, but anyway, no. But I but I but I do think that separating the philosophies and the ideas and saying okay, that's something separate from the person. Jesus died for that person. He didn't die for those ideas. Exactly. And so we have to remember that. So it's not we're not contending against flesh and blood. Great point. I've never actually seen that before. So I mean, I've seen it, but I didn't. I didn't recognize that at that level so Thank you. awesome um yeah so anyway again he reiterates hey so therefore take the whole armor of god and again that that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all again to stand and so as if he's giving orders stand therefore and he begins to listen to, to list the things that i think are um the critical pieces to being able to stand in the midst of this division and fear and all that's going on. So the first thing is having fastened the belt of truth around your waist. So I look at that, you know, I mean, my belly's pretty big, so, <laughs> so <laughs> but in some cases, you know, a belt is necessary. In fact, there are some jeans that I have that are older than when I used to be even heavier that if I don't have jeans, uh, you know, pants on the ground from, the, <laughs> I, I have to have, I have to have the belt to kind of hold myself together to, to keep dressed, you know, to keep mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I am. So truth is that belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so truth is one aspect that's going to help us. So part of that truth is what we just talked about, that, that, that person, we're not contending against that person. We're contending against those ideas. Mm-hmm. And, and until we can divorce those two, the person, the flesh and blood from the ideas and the philosophies, that's a truth. The biggest truth of all is that God exists, that God is love and that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ in humanity, he took on humanity and he died for us. But he also lived with us for 33 years, roughly, and he walked this planet. And so he not only revealed God as love, he revealed to us the truth about ourselves and the truth that we're all called, every single one of us, even those people who we don't like or that we don't agree with. He died for every one of us to be with him in heaven. That's the truth. But then finally, there, it doesn't lend itself to relativism. Relativism, it, we're, we can't get to where if I say it's black and you say it's white, we both have to agree to disagree, but we both can still hold on to my black and your white. That's not, that's not the way the world works. Two plus two equals four. It never equals five. So the idea that truth exists, truth is a person, really. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. The truth is something that can be ascertained, that it's something that we all are supposed to be in search of, and that it is something that is separate from ourselves. It's something that we align ourselves to, (laughs) It, it It is in existence, or I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but it's out there. So we, we as Catholic parents ha- cannot be afraid to say that something is true or something is false. Um, and just because somebody believes that we're not attacking the person, we're just saying that that's not a true statement, whatever that is. So truth is the first thing that he says we need to do. So put on the belt of truth and then having put on the breastplate of righteousness, righteousness is, you know, justly, you know, it's the righteousness of God that we're doing. And it, and the breastplate kind of points to it's our heart. I like to think you gotta, you gotta protect, you know, your heart um, with God's righteousness. So how do we do that? We, we, Study what does the church teach about what is the what are the right thing to do, what is true, good, and beautiful, and to protect our hearts from those things that would attack that, that would go 
against it. So I think, you know, um, there are certain things that even as an adult, we should avoid watching, you know, we mm-hmm. should avoid um, exposing ourselves to certain things and certain ideas um, that might attack our heart. We need to guard our heart. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I have, I have some thoughts com- coming up a little bit later. Okay. So keep, keep awesome. going. So, so we put on, we put on our belt and then we've, now we have the breastplate of righteousness and then we shot our feet, you know, we put our shoes on, I guess, um, with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Well, peace is what God offers. And, and again, all, peace is found when we recognize the truth and we put ourselves together in the truth. And, and that when two people recognize that the good news, which is the gospel, that God loves us and God is love and that we're made for love, uh, made to be in union with him, um, he's made peace with us <laughs> by what was accomplished on the cross. And that that peace is offered to us for us to share with other people and basically that is the same way he shared it with us, which is by entering into the suffering of the other, uh, of the other people. That's where peace comes from, not by pointing fingers, not by angrily shouting or making fun of or ad hominem, whatever. It's, it's giving yourself to others in a way that allows them to see Christ um, in this world. Because ultimately, that's what we're called to be. We're called to be Christ to others. And so we have to study his life. We have to read the Gospels and, and say, you know, the, the whole bracelets that were the, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just what would Jesus do, but it's actually having the courage uh, to do what Jesus would do, which is frequently not to suffer for other people, to sacrifice for other people. That's where peace comes from, both internally, um, because the more I find that I fight for myself <laughs> yeah. against others, the the less peace I have. The more I recognize that I'm called to give myself away and to, you know, like today, this is a small thing for you husbands. I mean, I, I, I still don't understand why the bed has to be made. <laughs> <laughs> but it means the world to my wife. So when she looked at me when I was in a hurry trying to get out, hey, can you help me make the bed? It's a lot easier to do with the two of us. To say, that is true. To say yes, uh, sure, and to do it. So it's, sometimes it's just that small of a sacrifice. It's not always the big stuff that, that does it. It's made pieces in our home is when people are willing to do the little things for the sake of the other that make a home a home of peace. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it more often than not, it's, you know, can I clean the di- not can not asking, but just going ahead and cleaning the dishes. Can I help you make the bed? Um, can I make dinner? You know, what can I pick up at the grocery store? And kind of breeding that into the culture um, of your home is what the gospel says. Jesus gave himself away for the sake of others. He sacrificed for the sake of others and us and our happiness, our joy, our strength is in living that out in our own homes. Um, that's where peace comes from. It's not, what's interesting, I remember being in a big argument years ago and the, the one of the things that was being asked of me was to, hey, let's not talk about that. Let's not deal with that because I want peace. Mm. And whether we like it or not, peace is not found by shoving the truth <laughs> under the table. It, it's a, it's a momentary, it's a passing piece. The real peace, um, real peace is found when two people who may disagree pursue the truth, um, together in a non confrontational way and recognizing that you're both in, in pursuit of it. So there can be a false peace. There can be a peace. that's not the gospel of peace. There can be a peace that is, we're not ever going to talk about that um, because it only causes (laughs) 
anger, but the the division will not be overcome until it's actually addressed. So yeah, yeah. anyway, so be a, be also a family. I think that is one where people can talk through issues, and if you disagree with your child, and it's and it's a something that can be disagreed upon, <laughs> um, that it becomes a house that is a family that is um, one that we can talk through difficult things together in pursuit of the common goal of finding that that's where peace comes from. True peace does anyway. So let's see. So we've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got the belt of truth. Now we've got our shoes on. So I guess we can go out. Um, (laughs) Besides all these take on the shield of faith, which with which you can quench the flaming darts of the evil one. So I like the image that the devil is shooting these darts that are, that are a challenge to our faith. And we've got, we do have the breastplate of righteousness and we, and we're walking, but we do need the shield that is something standing between us and him, which is for me, when I think about it, those darts often are the things that cause us the greatest fear. And when fear comes, how do we teach ourselves to deal with, with fear? I learned from years ago watching my grandmother sitting in the ICU room with my mother who was in a coma and seeing her just saying Jesus over and over. I could hear her just, she said, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. I'm too, I'm struggling so much because of this. And so all I know is Jesus. And so she would just, say that will say his name over and over again. That was her only prayer. Mm. And not that that was the forerunner, but I mean, what I do is what I, and I tell, and I teach my kids this, you know, when you get nervous, when you get afraid, particularly about things that you can't control, it's not something you can get up and change. You're just, it's something that might happen to you or something that has happened to you is the Jesus. I trust in you prayer. It, it should be something that I have to remind myself that when I start feeling some uneasiness or some, some fear like that this is going to happen or this is really bad or I can't handle this or whatever, that's the devil getting you to try to lack trust. And so I think that to learn the Jesus I trust in you prayer um, and to repeat it, I do that still to this day when I'm going, whenever I start, I don't know about you. I can get, you can get to thinking about something and start thinking through and you think, Oh my gosh, if that happens and and if you're not careful, you can work yourself into a real tizzy, a tizzy. And so we should all be teaching our children at least, you know, Jesus, I trust in you as a, as a, I'm not, I'm not going to use the word mantra, but, but it's as a repetitive prayer that is a prayer um, that has always helped me. Yeah, I wanted to, this is a good place for me to, to throw in what I was going to offer. And, um, you know, these are the, this is a letter of St. Saint, Saint Paul. Right. And um, he traveled all around the Mediterranean basin, as we know. And uh, he wrote these letters and he was a Roman citizen, right? Right. And he's writing in the first, the first century AD when Rome was the military power of the time. Right. And the soldiers that he's, that he's got in mind are Roman soldiers. Yeah. And I, no, think, I think that so. that's Definitely. maybe lost on people. And it wasn't typical for a lot of armies at that time to have sandals with hobnails in them that men could march in. And a lot oh, of, wow. a lot of ancient armies didn't supply shoes to their, to their infantry, but the Romans did. And the Roman soldier, the classic Roman legionary of that first century, um, you know, he had a very particular uniform and it was uniform in the, you know, direct sense of the word that every one of those legionaries was equipped in that same exact way. And that same equipment is what made them function together as a unit and wow. it, it, what, it's what gave them their identity, awesome. you know? Yeah, perfect. Also, the fact that they were Roman citizens, you had to be a Roman citizen still at that time to, to be a legionary. Um, 
but this very particular uniform of this helmet that was made in the exact same way. Every legionary had the same helmet, same shield. And I'll t- just focus on the shield here. But it was this long, curved, rectangular shield, and it was constructed in a way that actually was covered in leather over three pieces of wood. And that leather coating was kind of, it had a special treatment to it, but it did make it mildly fireproof. Oh, wow. Against flaming arrows or... Oh, wow. Um, That's a great point. Flaming oil that was dropped dropped down if they were, you know, assaulting a, a, a fortress or something like that. So j- just... St. Paul had a very Absolutely. he had a very particular picture in mind, and there are some very specific um, analogies that he's trying to make here with this this soldier that he's constructing in in the text. And I, I think that especially that idea of it's uniform and that uniformity that they're all equipped in the same way. He's telling us that's each one of us as Christians need to be equipped in the same way so that we can support one another. Right. That's in formation, so to speak. I want to be your wingman. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but I I think, are we, are we, we're just about out of time. But I think, and so it goes on, but this is a, I think a healthy thing to do because it, it provides our, us and our children, this idea that we're in a battle and that we're in a battle with the general of generals, the one who can, who's already won the war and we're just marching along and we need to be dressed like that. So maybe the next time I'm already feeling better. (laughs) Uh, So thanks for listening to my therapy session, but um, go ahead and and read that and pray over that. And, um, and maybe you'll be encouraged. So as we always say here, um, pray parent with a purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless you guys. Pray for me. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless and have a great day. Bye.